a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast. One minute at a time. I'm Bobby. And I'm Janae. And I'm George. George is back with us again today, and we are glad to have him. I am glad to be back. All right. Well, today we are talking about Minute 24 of Beauty and the Beast, and it's with Lumiere saying, for quite some time, and ends with the Beast saying, you can go anywhere you like. Except. Except. We don't get the except, but uh, except. The suspense is killing me. (laughs) I love Lumiere. Jerry Orbach, RIP. He's my favorite. Yes, uh, he is so incredible. He was the best part um, of Law and Order. And, you know, even though he was a jerk, he was really good in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I I love that Lumiere is, like, he's not afraid to speak up, even though he's, like, scared of his master at times. But I think part of it may be because he is so keen that this uh, curse be removed Mm -hmm. so maybe it like removes some of his inhibitions in talking and speaking his mind and saying actually okay he's like what have i got to lose i either speak up and something (laughs) happens or i'm a candlestick for the rest of my life you know it's i know right he's like i'll risk it i'll risk it and plus i think part of it is the (laughs) fact that he knows the beast's nature and he knows while the beast is angry and surly and snappy and all these like negative things he knows deep down he's not a bad guy he's just right coarse and you know he gets everywhere yeah well and he doesn't i mean lumiere is the hospitality guy like that's his job Mm -hmm. he's in charge of making sure that everybody's taken care of everybody has their needs met everybody's happy everybody is almost as if he wants you to be his guest Yes, almost. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, so, it kind of makes sense that he would be the one to think of, uh, she needs a room to live in. She can't stay up here. <laughs> yeah, and he's good about doing it but, subtly. Like, he's he's just, hey, hey, how about, a, you know, I'm just saying maybe a room would be good. Okay, fine, whatever. I'm just throwing right. it out there. It's your decision. I know, right? But the fact that he put that <laughs> seed in That's one of my favorite head. lines. Then again, maybe not. Yep. <laughs> The Beast definitely does not like being told what to do. And it's just a suggestion in this minute or at at this part. But I think any time that they're suggesting something to him or telling him what to do, he gets a little bit upset. A little bit. I think we might see some more of that later on. (laughs) But in his favor, he does usually listen. Yeah, he he listens. uh, So he throws a fit, but then he tries to to put it into action yeah, he's one of those people so. that wants it to seem like it's their idea yes uh-huh yeah. so so you can make a suggestion and they'll make one back but it's just different enough to make it seem like it's their conscious like choice to do this like i'm doing this because i want to not because you suggested it right right we all know those people they're fun <laughs> yep oh man so janae uh-huh well george before you came on earlier this week we talked about the i guess the prison or dungeon or whatever it was and we were really confused because we weren't sure if it was in the tower or if it was underground we always had the impression that it was underground because that's where you know prison cells typically are in castles but then 
in this minute, he asks if she wants to stay in the tower. So I'm well, and looking. She's looking down at her father from a window. Yeah, there's, so. yes. there's windows. Typically, they don't put. This is the thing: is open windows. If they were if they were ground level or lower, they would be barred up because they don't want you to try to crawl out. But obviously, it's oh. tall enough to where they don't care if you're going to get it. Like you can go for it, but you have like <laughs> twenty stories before you hit the ground. Well, and this isn't. Well, it might be one of the cells, but the ceiling that we saw in like the the hallway area of the prison cells that was all made out of stone we talked about how like everything there was stone and in this room that she's in yeah it's wood it has rafters it's like wooden rafters beams. and so yeah so like beams and and wood so i think Jeanette, you might have been right when she said when you said that they were in a dungeon or something and then she went up to i guess a tower room that might have been like a guard's room or something mm. um so i don't think she's actually in a prison cell I think she's just in a nasty, unused room with random furniture <laughs> and hay in hay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Most castles uh, have that, but it's mostly for ambiance. Yeah. Like if yeah. you go to a castle and you don't see a moldy hay pile, you, you feel a little cheated. <laughs> when I um, graduated high school, I went on a trip with, this is a totally off topic, but Ooh. when I graduated high school, <laughs> I went on a trip with my best friend's family to... Europe and we went to Denmark and we went to a modern art museum in Copenhagen I think and there was this one art display that was a room and inside the room it was filled with trash and that was the art piece yeah, and we modern were like art. uh what <laughs> that's what you're making me think of I mean <laughs> Just trash for ambiance. It's the art. It needs some moldy hay. This is modern art of the 18th See, no century. No one goes into the fact that the Beast <laughs> is a an artist well ahead of his time, like decades, centuries ahead of his time. <laughs> yes, this is, exactly. this is his installment. His, his entire castle is just a series of installments of his own work that he is the only one who gets to see or, you know, the, the mouthy furniture. Right, right. Well, and we assumed that it was his ill manners that he put Belle in this room um, and he didn't think, hey, she's going to need a nice room if she's going to be here for a long time. But really, he was just showing off his modern art and he got a little overexcited about showing it to someone finally. And Lumiere's like, hey, uh, she might want a room to stay in. Yeah, and she's just sitting there in the corner crying and he's like, you don't appreciate my work. I'm under misunderstood. <laughs> and that's why he gets so mad because he wants people to just get it. <laughs> The whole rest of the week, all we did was say, we would like point at a piece of trash on the ground and say, look, it's art. We would point at like anything and nothing. Well, and I mean, it was all art. In a way, that's true. Best. Artist is a subjective term. It, it, it's applied by it the is. people it's creating it. It is. It's all in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's always determining of the observer as to what they take away from it. So, you know, the bird art, trash art, street trash art, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all up in the air. <laughs> it's all the same. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Its value comes in perception. So here in like seconds 15 to like 20 or something, this is kind of the part where Belle's sad because she didn't get to say, you know, say goodbye to her dad. And you get a good look at the beast. And you can tell he's definitely feeling bad about like having taken out Maurice and thrown him into a carriage and sent him away so quickly. He's like, uh, you know, that probably wasn't the best idea. And his facial expressions that he has, like as you're watching him listen to her cry, that's like completely the feeling you get as a man 
who's like there with a woman and she's crying and you're just kind of like, this is awkward. I don't know what to do. I feel a little bad, but uh, I don't know how to fix it or what really well, it's went one thing wrong. if you like come across someone who's crying, but if you're like actively the reason why, it's like there's a lot of like, it's like, oh, I'm being a jerk. I'm being a jerk. I'm being a jerk. I need to stop being a jerk. I can't stop being a jerk. <laughs> I feel like that's his internal monologue right there. It's like, everything I do is wrong. I can't make it better. Oh, I'm such a tortured artist. Yeah, I gotta feel so bad for him because he's not intentionally mean. He wasn't trying to be mean. It was all, He just like doesn't know how to act and has this huge temper that he doesn't has never learned how to control. His temper's quite beastly. And it's very beastly. And he realizes afterwards what he's done and he's like oh do you think his temperament is a, is, a, is a response to his situation where he was transformed against his will and he was set to live in this castle with all these talking things do you think that's a, a, a symptom of that or is it sort of a manifestation of his bestial like nature like he's now an animal partially so this is his inability to control himself his his id is coming out personally i think it's a combination of the two because the reason that he was like turned into a beast in the first place was because of that natural tendency inside himself towards beastliness Mm -hmm. you could say and but the more time has gone on and the more withdrawn he's been from people the less opportunities he's had to learn how to interact with people and to learn how to control that temper the more he has just given in to that beast side of him and i think I feel like we may have talked in a previous minute about how possibly the more time has gone on, the more the curse has taken over him, maybe. And he becomes more and more like a natural beast than a man as time goes on, if that makes sense. So he's losing his humanity and gaining more beast as time goes on. I don't know. Sounds right to me. (laughs) Kind of to tie into that a little bit. Like, just looking at his his movements here in this little section, he's got his hand up there by his cheek. And it's a very human-looking hand if you ignore the coloring and hair um, and you can't see his claws. claws. It looks like he's, you know, making a little fist. But then, like, he starts scratching, like, his neck or his cheek or whatever it is right there. It's uh, very animal-like there in his actions. I think... um... Uh, When I was watching this minute, I was thinking about the differences between him and Gaston, because we've talked about that a little bit before, about how they kind of both start off, or switch places, I guess, in regards to how beastly their natures are, you could say. But I wonder, because they both have the same problem at first, at least when the beast was turned into a beast. He was selfish, self-centered, prideful, all of these negative attributes that got him there, and Gaston has them too. And I wonder, I think that this is where we start to see the divergence that Gaston is doing everything for show. Everything good he does, I think, is for show. Like when him and LeFou are laughing at her dad and she's like, hey, don't talk about my father that way. And he's like, yeah, don't talk about her father that way. And like conks LeFou on the head. Yeah. It's for show. He changed his mind, not because he actually agrees with her, but because he wants her to think he agrees with her. Whereas here, the beast is showing that, oh, he's actually feeling bad for what he's done or something that he did that was negative against her dad or whatever, 
if that makes sense. Good points, Janae. I no, I, Janae, I really agree with what you were saying. I, I do. I think you have a lot of solid points there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure, you do. I do. So the next thing that I have is um, his, his awesome line when he's like, "Well, do you want to stay in the tower?" And oh, yeah. that just brought to mind the uh, I don't. You've probably seen it. The GIF that went around Facebook and stuff of uh, from the Notebook where he's like. Like, what do you want to eat? Like, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it made me think. Because he's like, do you want to stay in the tower? Uh, he's got such a short fuse. Just the little teeniest, tiniest thing. He's just like, candle. He really has no social skills. Whether it's by curse or by personal upbringing, he is absolutely devoid of the ability to communicate with other human beings. Mm-hmm. Okay. He'll get there, though, maybe. <laughs> Not if you guys are cool to move on. I had this huge pressing question. Maybe you guys can tell me. Go ahead. In minute 21, we see Belle hunting through the castle to find her dad. And she's going through this um, hallway, and there's... You can see, like, three stories, and... Um, they're like open and you these huge walls that have lit candlesticks on them. Uh And in this one, they're going back through the same hallway and you can see the same shot from the same view. The candlesticks are no longer there. I don't remember seeing the candlesticks. Well, if they're anthropomorphic, they've gone to sleep. (laughs) No, like the sconces holding candlesticks in them are not there. But it's yeah, they still, went to bed. They went to their candlestick room but it's and went still, to bed. <laughs> but it's still, the wall is still lit up the same way that the wall was in the other one. I think it might have just been a, a flub, maybe. But I was like, what? They all disappeared, literally disappeared. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Because mm-hmm. I, I noticed that it was like this, it's pretty much the same shot. We're a little bit lower in this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, before she was on, I guess, the fourth floor, and now they're going back on the third floor. But the thing that caught my attention was like this the the crazy little, uh, what is he called? Grim Reaper over here on the left. Yeah, I was just looking at this whole shot as a freeze frame, and I like the Dutch angle of it, the where it's. It's it's cocked a little bit to give that sense of unease and that sense of scale and scope and like it also gives a nice little um, uh, keystoning to the building so it has this like like spreads out so it just gives a much greater scale of the whole yeah place. I love the orchestration while they're walking through this hallway I was gonna so say pretty. is this is this the first time that we've had that that same little melody that we heard during the uh, the opening narration mm, probably. I think it is. I think it is. So I don't know what that exactly. So means, is it like the beast's theme? I don't know. Or maybe the castle's theme. Yeah, it might be like the the cursed theme. <laughs> it feels like it's it's kind of a beast theme because that, that it invokes him. I think it's the same thing when he transforms at the yeah. end too. It's just more yeah more elaborate. And I guess I that makes sense because this is the first time we've really seen much of him since the beginning. Uh huh. Cool. And he's giving like sort of like a little like walk and talk as the whole thing. Except it's so awkward. <laughs> Lumiere is just like, talk to her. Say something. I just, uh, the whole time Lumiere's face is just this mask of, you better not mess this up, buddy. <laughs> we are all needing this to work. And poor Beast, he's just never talked to girls. He doesn't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> 
But so are all these statues and stat and like like everything, even like the Grim Reaper and like all the stuff in the foreground, and now all the 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 sconces and things like in the hallway. Are were these there before the curse? Because if so, he has really need to work on his decorating. <laughs> these are some grim, gruesome things. They're like demons and dragons and lizard things, and, and I understand they're like uh, the believe you mentioned their their interpretations. Of what the original beast um, conceptual drawings yeah. were, but having them everywhere is like, are they part of the curse or were they there already? And if so, who is this? <laughs> well, we see Hieronymus Bosch. I mean, it's intense. This is like definitely the the most chock full hallway of like creepy gargoyle things. I mean, there's a giant snake just peering yeah. out of an archway. She has she has every reason to be to be creeped out in this hallway. But we see that at the end of the movie, when the curse breaks, that a lot of the gargoyles turn into like angels and stuff. So maybe this is like the hallway leading to the. Or maybe it's the curse. Once it ends, it sort of reinvents everything to reflect the beast's or you know the prince's new found mm. compassion. And so it's it the entire time is reflecting his inner self. That's an interesting idea. Sounds good to me. Like, yeah. Because, well, I mean, I think I wonder if some of them were changed by the curse and some of them weren't. Because we noted at the very beginning of the movie that, like, the little pedestal stand that the rose is sitting on does not change at all, I think. Or maybe that's a thing. <laughs> I'm confused. Well, you know, some pieces are just timeless. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, we do know that LeFou basically planned and designed Gaston and Belle's wedding, so why couldn't the Beast be an interior designer? Hmm? Exactly. He's a misunderstood artist and designer. (laughs) Yeah, this is just another aspect of his artwork. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love it. So I like that uh, she gets scared, obviously, of all these these uh scary things clinging onto the walls everywhere and even though she's scared of the beast we can see that she already kind of trusts him a little bit or at least more than being alone in this hallway because mm-hmm. you know she runs to catch up when he starts getting away from her so there's the beginning of trust and a uh trusting relationship there but not not too much i mean she obviously trusts him a little bit when she's walking behind him with her eyes closed she's yeah crying. that's so sad <laughs> oh man she's like i'm just gonna pretend you know where you're going yeah and then beast is like i hope you like it here yeah he's like that's not a good sign (laughs) again lumiere's face you better not screw this up you better not screw this up this is the first girl that's been in this castle in decades do you know how tired i am of having to polish myself and and beast looking back at her like as she's like scuttling around and crying back there his look is just like what is she doing back there lumiere's like talk to her so yeah that's all I got for this minute, guys. What about y'all? Anything, any other insights? Um, no, I'm good. Head over to Growler Media <laughs> to contact us there to find all of the episodes. And um, if you type in the Mogwai Minute into the internet, you'll find us. Um, we, we're on iTunes. We have a website, but it's severely under construction. We, but, you know, Facebook. Facebook is our favorite place to be. Our Facebook group is our little baby, and we love to, to like hang out and talk on there. And we're very responsive, and everyone has a good time throwing around theories and posting weird little media bits that you know come about from this movie. So if you're interested in that, as well as our podcast, I highly recommend you check out both. You can find me at JH Voiceover on Facebook, as well as on uh, YouTube. Yep, you can find me there. I hope I hope I hope you like it. I hope you like it here. You like it here. <laughs> You're going to like it whether you like it or not. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen.
Wow, something is really different on a growler.